गोरी वचना गुरु परंपरा की जाए गोर भक्त वृंद की जाए गुरु प्रेम आनंदे सो गुड मॉर्निंग एवरीवन एंड सो वी विल कंटिन्यू आवर डिस्कशन ऑन शरणागति एंड फॉर दोस ऑफ यू हु weren't here last night or who were here but weren't entirely here <laughs> it's entirely possible <laughs> then we'll just uh, review slightly where we left off hmm? it's a lot of ground to cover a lot of topics so even i lose my train of thought sometimes so um we we we, we were we concluded with well we gave a brief description of where the the uh, the term sharanagati comes from how it comes from the tantra how it was uh, embraced by uh, the ramanuja sampradaya and in different ways in different in the two major sects of the that sampradaya that lineage <coughs> and how it was also has been incorporated into or is is a part of I should say Gaudiya Vaishnavism as a limb of of um Bhakti Bhakti how she Rupa has written about it Sanatan Prabhu Palabhata she Jiva Goswami in his Bhakti Sandarbha and we talked of it as a limb of Bhakti as it's understood in our school and as the path unto itself as it's uh, embraced in one branch of the ramanuja sampradaya how it is uh, uh, again a, a, in either case relative to ostensibly to vaidhi bhakti and so then we need to talk about the connection between this limb of vaidhi bhakti and rag bhakti which is nature of our particular lineage means its ideal of prayojan prem prayojan is um the goal is intimate love of god is not reverential love of god so this is ragmark and so then we come to bhakti vinotakura when we ended i think speaking about the contribution of bhakti vinotakura in general and uh and how he has uh is a great theologian in the bhakti uh, in in the gaudiya sampradaya in modern uh times dating back to about 100 years ago seems quite a while ago now um this was the kind of a beginning of a of a revival of all that the goswamis uh did uh many many years before 400 some years before he was called Bhaktivinotapur as i mentioned the seventh goswami by a, a famous journalist in um in um calcutta journalist and religious person and devotee of chaitanya mahaprabhu as well and there are many um it's not just idle kind of glorification but it was very um well thought out kind of a glorification Uh, there are many parallels i mean to say between the work of takur bhakti vinod and that of the the goswamis uh, we talked about 
how they Goswamis had the patronage of the um, the powers that be, so to speak, the kings and so forth. They were, in other words, speaking about bhakti in such a way as to gain um, have credibility amongst the thinking, affluent and uh, religious people uh, of the time. So it has that potential. We we, we discussed this, and we we kind of sense that in our times, but we wonder why all the all the well-to-do and intelligent uh, people aren't aren't here tonight. Probably because I'm speaking. <laughs> but uh, it has that power, that potential. We saw that in the example of the Goswamis and Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, saw that as well, his connection with the Bhagavat and so forth in light of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching caused a revolution within him. He's kind of Bhaktivinoda is kind of the first Western convert. <laughs> That's a funny way of talking about it, I guess. But he was pretty Western in his thinking, in his education, and and so forth. He 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 went to the Western world in his mind and in a library and uh, read so many of the thoughts of the time, current thinking, and he was very much acquainted with that, and he was very much uninterested in the Bhagavad and the, uh, the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as they had been uh, presented to him. Hmm? Um, and so it was, a, it was a re- he had his own internal kind of revolution when he began to see the Bhagavat, Srimad Bhagavatam, in light of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching. And so he saw this, what is the, the universality of this, the... the, the, the uh, uh, the, how essential the message was, how pertinent it, it was, how current it will always be. The Bhagavatam is about, well, consciousness. It's about the nature of not only consciousness, but the nature of the consciousness of consciousness. So this is where Gaudiya Vaishnavism excels. Human life begins with questioning about consciousness, the question of why am I or what am I, what is my purpose, why does it seem that there is more to me than what meets the eye in the world. These are all human questions and they they all pertain to consciousness, not to the matter side of ourselves, which only matters if there's somebody to, you know, give attention to them. Matter doesn't matter if there's no one to think about it. No one to experience it. So, so this consciousness, the sense that I am, I mean, all species of life, to one extent or another, feel things, they perceive things, that's evidence of consciousness as well. But there's another side to consciousness, the self-sense that I exist. Animals may feel pain, but the sense in which they think I'm an individual and then wonder about it philosophize about it and so forth is limited at, uh, at best. This is uh, full-blown in, uh, in human consciousness. So human life is a big question mark, a big existential crisis. Nature is having a crisis. It realizes it has a soul and, and what to do about that. When the soul is the more, such hmm? as the world is a combination of matter and consciousness as we understand it. Hmm? When that comes to bear in human life, that starts to 
show itself, then this, this child, if you will, of consciousness coming out of the womb of, of nature uh, wonders about itself, as children do. What am I? Why am I? Where did I come from? Hmm? What's my purpose? And I feel, hmm? although we don't know it, that because I am the more, hmm, there is more to me than uh, there is to, to, to nature and unto itself. In, in relation to the material side of ourself, as I like to say, we have how questions. How to eat, how to sleep, as Prabhupada would put it, how to mate, how to defend. And these questions can be answered by nature. But the why question, that cannot be answered by nature. Because it's not a material question. Hmm? Matter doesn't think, why do I exist? Consciousness does. Hmm? So we need, uh, consciousness has to answer that question. It has to be a pretty big um, dose of it, because we are a small little particle and we are confused about it. So help from above. We talked about this descending idea of bhakti and, uh, the, the, and the nature of revelation in terms of its being a perfect means of knowing and so forth. We talked about it in, a, in, in an essential way. So, at any rate, we come to Bhakti Vinod Thakur and his contribution. We are all members of the Bhakti Vinod Parivar. What that means, Parivar means like family. It, 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 it implies in this context a, a spiritual family, so a spiritual lineage. It was customary um, in the Chaitanya Sampradaya and the Bodhi Sampradaya to uh, uh, think that one would need to be connected to one of the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu hmm, that had started a lineage in order to be a Gaudiya Vaishnava. So you have, for example, the Nityananda Parivar, the Advaita Parivar, and so forth. Advaita was a direct associate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda Prabhu, Gadadhar Parivar, hmm, and so on. So when it came to the, the uh, to give a little history, the time of uh, Thakur Bhakti Vinod and then Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur, his successor in many respects. Um, um, his disciples, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur's disciples, were often asked, innocently enough, which Parivar do you belong to? Hmm? It's a fair question, an honest question, just or a curiosity question. like. Who is your guru? I ask people sometimes. So I know who I'm talking to. I get a context. Like it used to be, who's your father? Okay, I know who you are because we all live in the same village. <laughs> and you know, this is your uncle and so forth. So you get a context to understand the person. So it's common when you say, Hello Maharaj, my name is Subaldas and my guru is Om uh, um, uh It's Peter um, Krishna Goswami Maharaj. And I said, oh, now I know who he is. Okay, I've identified. He's identified himself. <laughs> so, looks like a Muslim, but... <laughs> I knew it wasn't true. <laughs> it's okay. So, it's the Chattu Masi. We're looking at that. So... <laughs> so... Uh, they would ask, what, uh, what is your parivar? And so, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he taught his disciples to say, we are in the Bhakti Vinod parivar. And this is how he then 
again connected Bhakti Vinod directly to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Of course, there's a parampara, there's a guru parampara that Bhakti Vinod Thakur is in, but he wanted to say by that statement that Bhakti Vinod Thakur is a very uh, special, prominent person in his lineage, and therefore we, we, because of that prominence, we celebrate that prominence. This is not an unprecedented thing. For example, um, we have the Narottam Paribar. You can pick people say, I'm in Narottam Paribar, or they say, I'm in Shamananda Paribar. But it's important to note here that neither Narottam nor Shamananda were direct associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. We don't say, they don't say, I'm in the Lokanath Paribar, but Lokanath Goswami was a direct associate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? He was sent to Vrindavan, like the Rupsanatha and so forth, to excavate the places of Krishna's pastimes and so on. But um, but in that lineage, Narasim Thakur was so prominent. He was the lone disciple of Lokanath, and he made so many disciples. Most of you know something about Narasim Thakur and his traveling, preaching, his kirtan style, his 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 poems and so forth. That Gorkhishore Das Babaji, who we would carry around and 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 say, "This is all you need is this you know, prarthana of you know of uh, uh, such." Uh, Books of poems that Narottam Prophet said that the Narottam Thakur has taken the uh, essence of all the Vedas, the essential message of all the Vedas, and put it in beautiful, just simple Bengali poem and song. What a nice uh, service! What a nice uh, service to all of us! What a, a contribution! It reminds me of a statement that Sridhar Marsh made once about the Goswamis. He said, Oh yes, he said they have taken uh, stones, you know, jewels, and they wanted to make a garland out of of jewels and offer them to the deity. So they drilled the holes in the stones. That's the difficult part, and they left us to, to put the thread through. That's all we have to do. And place it around the Lord's neck. They've made it easy for us, right? As you were commenting last night, Rani, about institutionalization, a soft form of that, which we touched on, taking the ecstasy of Mahaprabhu and making it accessible through writing about it, giving it a context hmm, in relation to the sacred uh, text, the, 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 the spiritual religious canon of, uh, of the Hindus. They, they located Mahaprabhu's ecstasy. Hmm. And they described, they gave a language to understand that. They took out of the waterfall of his ecstasy, they had to stand back from it, made a lake out of it that we could approach, bathe in, uh, drink from, hmm? cleanse ourselves, and so on. Hmm? Great uh, contribution. They made it easy for us. It's already easy, they said. <laughs> and they made it easy for us. So if we hear about these things, we'll be embarrassed to practice more more sincerely, really embarrassed into, into Sharanagati, which will take us to the other side, take us to Ragmarga, and so forth, as we'll describe. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur, <clears throat> to say that we are in the Bhaktivinoda Paribar, means to say that, yes, he's in a lineage, he comes actually in Nityananda Vamsa and so forth, but we find him to be so prominent hmm, in our lineage, that we, out of deference to him, we make our connection there. Prabhupada did this himself. Bhaktivinotakura said, Oh, I see myself only as a street sweeper for the Sankirtan party of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his associates. 
It's a nice service. When I went to Nadia the first time, and we did all from so many parts of the world, we were part of, as I mentioned, I think last night, the fulfillment of the prophecy of Bhakti Vinotaka, that people from all over the world will come to Nabhadweep and chant on the street, Jai Satchinanda and Jai Satchinanda. There's only one street at that time in, uh, in, in Mayapur, he said. It's, it's called Bhakti Siddhanta Marg. Like the road into Vrindavan, it's called Bhakti Vinanta Marg. You should be proud of your lineage coming from Bhakti Vinotakur. Hmm? So we danced on the road, we chanted Sankirtan Jai Satchinanda and Jai Satchinanda. And people would come out from the villages you know, the area, and the, the ladies would come out and they would have these little sweets that they made, you know, and they would offer them like this, and sit them down the road, and someone else would be in front sweeping like this, hmm? glorifying the holy name in Sankirtan. So beautiful, so uh, charming. And so, this is the context, Bhaktivinoda Thakur envisioned himself as a street, a street sweeper in front of the Sankirtan party of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Bhakti Siddhanta Sashri Thakur said, and then I am one straw in the broom of Bhakti Vinod. Mm-hmm. Prabhupada used to say, my movement of this is the movement of Bhakti Vinod. He started all of this. This was his his vision. Pujapachita Maharaj used to say, the vision came in Bhakti Vinod Thakur to give this to the world, to fulfill that prophecy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Prativiti Achijatta Nagaradi Gram Sarvata Pachorhuyi my name will go in every town and village. No rock will remain unturned. Hmm? Where my name is not heard, no heart hmm? not softened by the Sankirtan of the Holy Name and so forth. These ideas. Bhaktivinotakur conceived of how... They, they used to think before Bhaktivinotakur and Gaudi Vaishnavism that was to be taken metaphorically. Hmm? He turned it into something literal, practically. Because we still have some work to do. Bhaktivinotakur said, I left the world, my work undone. My god, the Vishnu John Marsh, once asked Prabhupada about that. And Prabhupada said, oh, Bhaktivinotakur could have done everything. But it is his mercy he left some service for us to do. Hmm? So, what to do? Where, how will we give it to every house, every home, under every rock? We have to start to melt the rock of our own hearts. Hmm? And do Sharanagati. Hmm? Come together and like this and think seriously uh, how to change, not how to stay the same and think that we'll go there with our shoes on. No, we have to change and that will bring tears to our eyes. And that's good for us. <laughs> it's a little painful, but growth, you know, it's painful. So, anyway, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Bhaktivinoda Parivar, it's appropriate. It, it, it isn't to diminish anyone else previously in the line, but it's to shed light on the significance of his his contribution, which was huge. I mean, he saw how to interface the idea of interfacing Gaudiya Vaishnavism with the modern world. He wanted again, like the Goswamis did, to be talking to, well, not the kings, but the British prime ministers and the presidents and, and, and so forth, and big thinkers of the time. And He felt Gaudiya Vaishnavism has currency. Hmm. Again, it's essential book is the Bhagavatam, and it's a book about the nature of not only consciousness, but the consciousness of consciousness. is a very interesting idea, because as I say, consciousness is a very relevant topic. It's what we are. Hmm? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bewildering. I, I read uh, an interview on CNN with 
um, Richard Dawkins, a famous atheist, and, and he was asked that, where, what's the last, you know, last frontier here, you know, to, to finally, like, get rid of religion and superstition, which is his aim. Hmm? And he said, well, the last aim is consciousness. Of course, you know, I thought, I thought yeah, you got it. <laughs> Good luck, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, it's, and you've got a ways to go. Uh, I listened to a, to a, a, a neuro... I'm a neuroscientist, but a, a, a prominent philosopher in the School of Philosophy of Mind at Berkeley, John Cyril, some of you may know him, famous guy. This is one of the leading contemporaries on on the brain-mind issue and what is consciousness, what is matter, and so forth. Of course, like most of the people in that field, they, they're invested in the idea of, of demonstrating that consciousness is, is matter. And so he said... But I think that if we could just get rid of the religious burden we've suffered from for years, you know, that, that just burdened us to think in a certain way, that within a thousand years of science, we will be able to demonstrate that uh, that consciousness is, is, is matter. And I had a chuckle because I thought, burdened by religious uh, oppression for so many years, it's a... The burden is to think that consciousness is matter. That's a huge burden. To think that there's lights are on, but there's really nobody home. That's a huge burden. It's so counterintuitive. It's impossible to function in that way, really. You can give lip service to that, but you cannot live in that way. In other words, you cannot... We live based on the subjective, as I said last night, experience that we exist, which is not demonstrable by, you know, objective, third-party um, verification, the fact that we exist. We feel that we do, and, and, and as an individual, we get up on account of that, and we go to work, or whatever we do, do. Hmm? It has no practical application. Nobody lives like that. Nobody can live like that. They say we have no free will, and meanwhile, they fight over their choices. Hmm? It's just, it's, nobody can live like they don't have free will. It's impractical. Anyway, so there's so many philosophical arguments. There may be some empirical arguments that we can bring to bear as well. After all, we are teaching a science, if you will, as to how to uh, observe the fact that there's a difference between consciousness and matter. So we start to let go of matter, and we find that we live better hmm? and bigger hmm? by letting go and separating ourselves from our attachments, we get bigger, we get healthier, we get, we get kinder, we get we are more equipped to survive. Hmm? Love is the most powerful thing. You will survive with that. No one thinks that Hitler is more evolved than Gandhi. He was more brutish. Hitler and Gandhi were more of a beast, more of an animal. But Gandhi was more of a more kind, so to speak. So, survival of the kindest is the theory of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and it, it, it acknowledges, of course, that the body has to die, and there is a bit of. And as much as we seek to maintain it, we are going to be brutish and animalistic. We have to be on the take for that to stop taking and find that you can live forever. So at any rate, I laughed about that. I thought depression, consciousness unto itself, not troubled by 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 reasoning alone. Reasoning has a place. We should reason about 
why we are in relation to that answer about why we are that doesn't come from nature, but comes from God, that we call revelation. Nature can answer the how questions. But if we want to answer the why question, we need something of the same nature. Consciousness has to answer the why question, not matter. Matter can tell us, can inform us how to defend ourselves, how to eat, how to sleep. All the species of life have all these questions answered by nature, don't they? Every species. They don't have the why question. We do. That has to be answered not by nature, but by the very thing that's inquiring it. That is consciousness. And of course, we say that consciousness is different from matter. And as I said, we do an experiment that with yoga is to demonstrate that, to separate consciousness as far as possible within the body and so forth and so on. So that consciousness, that, that, that answer from above, that is revelation. So to reason about that. But if we unhinge reason from revelation, for understanding the language of the, of the Absolute as it comes and understanding it through the medium of a person who speaks that language, the language of love, and the language of reason, which hopefully we speak. Then to use our reason in relation to that, we can, is, is not burdensome. But if we burden ourselves only by reason and become a slave to that, then we may disappear in the process. You understand? Reason unhinged from revelation, just gone wild. Just think about it, whatever, you know, over and over, so many different ways and so forth. And then we find these kind of reasonable, to a point, ideas that, uh, that, as I say, there's lights are on, but there's nobody home. There is no you. It's just a trick of the brain and so forth. These ideas are out and about. And that, as I say, consciousness unto itself doesn't go in that direction. Unto itself, consciousness feels, I'm more. I must be more. There must be more, more meaning. And it pursues it. Religion is the, is the, is the language of, of communicating with, uh, with, with the more that we sense that we are. Hmm. And, and looking at life through a different lens and so forth. This is what really is the idea of religion. So it's not a burden. <laughs> the religious idea makes us out to be much more. Hmm. Than, than the less that we are made out to be by the burden of thinking that you are matter. That's a great burden. Hmm? Um, that's very counterintuitive. Hmm? And um, difficult to prove, as he himself stated without realizing it. Because a thousand years of science, I think we'll prove that. A thousand years of science. I mean, science has only been with us, modern science, for 200 years. And now in two years, you will cover more ground in science than you did in the last 200 years. Now multiply that times 500,000, you've got a long way to go. I thought, you don't know it, but what? Your Saraswati has spoken on your tongue, dancing on your tongue. You're saying, we don't know anything about consciousness, really. We have no idea. Hmm? So, we have an idea. It's given by the Bhagavatam. Here's the this book that excels in this field. As I say, it's not just giving the 101 study on what is consciousness. It's talking about the nature of the consciousness of consciousness. That's what we mean. Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? Bhagavatam means Krishna. He's the, 
He's the, he's the reservoir of consciousness. He's the supreme consciousness. And Sri means Radha. She's the consciousness of consciousness. Hmm? Chaitanya, Charitamrita. This is the distilled essence of the Bhagavatam. So the nature of consciousness in immortality, what, what is its characteristic? It's not just what it's not. We talked about this a little bit last night. It's not this, it's not that, it's not that. We can't talk about it, we can't say anything about it. It defies words and so forth. We say it defies words, therefore we cannot say enough about it. And the Bhagavad is saying so much about it. So what a, essentially, I mean, it's such a relevant uh, book. And Bhaktivinoda talked just at a glance, you can see who he was. First time through the eyes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he got it. And then from there, he, 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 he worked with no support. Hmm? Within the sect that, that would have supported, he found so much misrepresentation and deviation and so forth. Hmm? Would speak of opposition from the Christian world and so forth. It was then translating the Bible into Bengali and Hindi and, and so forth and trying to do away with uh, the, the superstition of the Hindus and civilize them and so forth. And, and then, not to speak of modern atheistic ideas and so forth. From this, he held on to that Bhagavad, and he was a, kind of the first Western convert, kind of half and half. You know, his mind was in the West, but it was drawn back hmm, to the heritage of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the tradition of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, in a big way, anyway, he came out with this and set in motion the work of Bhakti Vinod, Bhakti Sarasthi Thakur, and the work of Guru Maharshi Bhakti Nandaswami Prabhupada and his um, uh, associates and so forth, students and as it goes on. So very so we're in a very prestigious lineage. And it's in this lineage that Bhakti Vinod Thakur as a theologian, oftentimes we find he took see ideas that are found in the Goswami's writings and he developed them. Um, that's the work of theology. So this is a, a one instance. In his particular paribar, which is a huge paribar, even formally and informally, in other words, anybody in the Western world hmm, who is touched by Gaudiya Vaishnavism is in touch with with, uh, with Prabhupada and thereby Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur and has been touched by them and Bhaktivinoda Thakur. So they've all been touched by this paribar. So it's huge. Any interest, I mean, <laughs> interest, new interest, bringing out old interest. I mean, even people that, that they, they would criticize, you're just making a living out of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Dr. Siddhanta Sarasvati were criticized like this. You've established a place and said it was a Tirtha, and then you're bilking the pilgrims for generation after generation for repairs for the temple that never get repaired. Hmm? And calling yourself a Godivas, they had instances like this that they had to confront. And they're so kind, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, so kind, my Guru is so kind, that in the context of criticizing them, they're feeding them. Because they haven't gone away and more people are coming there. <laughs> and they're giving them more chapatis. They're so kind. So any kind of devotee we respect from a distance. Sometimes we have to keep a big distance in order to have some respect. That's the trick. You're supposed to respect all devotees. You just have to find what kind of distance you have to keep to them. Because if they're far enough away, you can think, well, anyway, he's chanting. <laughs> the rest of them doesn't bother you. So, so very kind, 
Paribar, very broad, and so it's a fair idea, the Bhaktivinoda Paribar, something like that. And in that Paribar of Bhaktivinoda, he has, in his, he has taken this idea of Sharanagati, and he's theologized about it, and he's made it a central um, component of his lineage. We don't find the extensive writing about Sharanagati uh, in the work of the Goswamis. I've, I've isolated it for you last night, a verse here in, in, in uh, Hari Bhakti Vilas, a verse in uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, a couple of pages in um, uh, Bhakti Sandarva, Jiva Goswami, and so forth. In Bhaktivinoda he wrote a book called Book of Poems, Sharanagati, isn't it? We're singing the first introductory poem you were singing um, before I came in. We sang it last night. And then he, among the six limbs of Sharanagati, he's written two, three songs about each one. So this is an, an example of what I'm talking about, the extent to which he latched onto this um, Sharanagati and made it a central kind of focus in his Sampradaya as a means. Hmm? As a means, really, he, he took it um, to move naturally and um, really, realistically, from Vaidimarg to Ragbarg. So he, he sees this Sharnagati as transitional hmm? or as something that needs to be in, in place. Hmm? We talked about the two, that there's a difference between the Ragmarg and the Vaidimarg, and Sharanagati is a limb of Vaidimarg. So what's, what do we have to do with that? So Bhaktivinoda has given a nice explanation. Um, it's a central, it's a, again, it's a central piece to his, uh, his um, addition of uh, extension of Gaudiya theology. Mm. Sharanagati, we find this you know, it comes in Gita. Sarva dharman pritajja mamekam sharanam braja. Sharanam means sharanagati. Do sharanagati. This is kind of the, the where the Gita stops. Arjun tells, Krishna tells Arjun, be my devotee, manmanabhava madbhakto madhyaji mamnamaskuru, and so forth. And then you could just picture Arjun wondering, well, how do you do that? It sounds pretty simple. And so Krishna says, you start here. Sarvadhanam pritajamamekam sharanam braja. He's talking about sharanavati. Bhagavatam picks up where the Gita leaves off. As the Gita concludes, the Bhagavatam echoes more loudly what it says and, and, and further explains the ramifications of the Gita. The seeds that are there in the Gita are all brought out in the Bhagavatam. How does the Bhagavatam begin? Dharma prajita kaitavutra. This is the same statement, Sarvadharman Pritajja. And this is the entry then, this is the entry point for Bhakti Marg. Therefore, Bhaktivinoda has drawn a connection between Shraddha, right, faith, and Sharanagati. He has described Sharanagati as the outward expression that expresses the, by which we can get a handle on the idea of Shraddha, faith kind of an intangible thing, kind of hard to hold on to. Hmm. What is faith? So forth. So he said, it expresses itself as Sharanagati. Hmm. Hmm. And then 
explaining the six limbs, he gives you a handle to hold on to what is Sharanagati, what does it constitute? In a very basic sense, it's, it's easy to understand. Sarva, Dharman, Puritanja. So, the central piece of Sharanagati. The central, there's a, there's a Swarup Lakshan and a Tathasta Lakshan of Sharanagati. Swarup Lakshan is the, the principal characteristic. And then the marginal characteristics are those that serve that central characteristic. Hmm? In Sharanagati, the, the central piece of it is Gopritvevaranam Tata. Hmm? To uh, think of Krishna as my maintainer. That Krishna maintains me. No one else. Sarva Dharma Pritya. With the Dharma comes all the the, the deities. Right? With the Dharma comes all the gods and all the goddesses and all the trouble of thanking them for everything. Before you turn left, right, eat, sleep, bathe, and so forth. The Dharma Mark, Karma Mark is very, very law laden. Sanatana Prabhu prays in, in his Brihat Bhagavatamrita, when will I be free from all the laws that I can love? Something like that. <laughs> Bhakti Marg, then, by contrast, is the other end of the religious spectrum. No laws, all love. The more there are laws, the less there is love. The more there is love, the less there are laws. Love fulfills the law. Laws, morality and so forth, are for the immoral. Those who go the other go the other side of the who are who are spontaneously drawn towards animality. They have to be roped in, harnessed. Hmm? and tied up hmm? in order to milk them hmm? and, and, and get get something out of them to, to offer they may grow hmm? so uh, if it ragmarks means that the, that all that all that wildness has been taken out actually hmm? all that animality has been taken out and the soul is free to roam hmm? run freely Spontaneously, we feel that life must be about spontaneity and so forth, but we look for it in the wrong direction. So the Dharma is for tying us up, so to speak. And so many rules are there. It's very, very burdensome. Hmm? Good company, Sadhu Sangha, give birth to faith. And Sarva Dharma Pratyacha. All these things can be left behind. Then you come under the jurisdiction of bhakti. Hmm? Under the rule of love. So there's some rule in Vaidhi Bhakti. And we move from there to Rag Bhakti. It is a lawless domain. That's why it's depicted as if breaking the laws. It's depicted in this way, isn't it? What is the prime example? That is the central piece of the Bhagavad, Ras Panchajai. And they're breaking all the laws. It looks entirely like they're absolutely selfish. How could they do that? They, these gopis, they risk their own reputation, their family's reputation, their village's reputation. Um, so selfless, they let the milk boil over. Couldn't they at least turn the milk off? 
before going? After some boy in the forest? I mean, a little, you know, somebody else has to clean up after you now. So in every way, it seems selfish. Hmm? Love is hard to understand, right? So it looks, the Bhagavad has portrayed this in this way. It's camouflaging love. Therefore, nastapraeshu abandreshu. You to study that book very, very carefully to understand what's going on there. And very carefully means what? Under good guidance. Hmm? To understand what's going on there. What's that about? Hmm? Love wants to share itself, but it quickly finds out, oh, not everybody's interested. So then it has to assume a language of its own and conceal itself, and hide itself, so to speak. Hmm? This is what the Bhagavad is doing. Hmm? And at a glance, as I say, this highest love is, it looks as if it is as if as if sin and come to me. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Sin, and don't even worry about it. It's a pretty powerful uh, statement of Krishna's. And this is the, he's depicting here, speaking about the entryway into bhakti. Sarva dharma and means give up all other gods. We don't disrespect them. Hmm? But we don't need anymore. We don't feel, dep- we don't think our dependence hmm, is, uh, our, our, our existence is dependent upon them. We are dependent upon the gods and goddesses in so many respects because, for example, the idea is the microcosm of our self is dependent upon the macrocosm. In order to see with our eyes, we need sun, right? In order to hear, there's something in nature that allows us to hear. So, so there are gods and there are goddesses as they're thought of. There's somebody on the other end. You know, like I've given an example, you, 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 in your house you have lights, you turn a switch, you turn a valve, you get water, you press a button, you get heat, you open the mailbox and you get a bill. So there's, there's somebody at the other end. And if you don't acknowledge them, the lights go out, the water goes dry, and it's cold at night. <laughs> so, so we have to acknowledge. So this is the beginning. This is just like a little, just like even begrudgingly, okay, I gotta pay the bill. Hmm? Some acknowledgement. This is the Dharma Marg. So has no attraction for Krishna practically. Therefore, he says, you know, he says about Varnashram, Chatur Varnamayashishtam Guna Karma Vibhagasaha. What is it? Tasyakartaram Apimam Vidyakartaram Abhim. I've established this, but I have nothing to do with it. Vidyakartaram Abhim. I set this whole thing up, but you won't find me there. Not as I am. Hmm? I'll be there, maybe as kind of asleep. Satisfying Vishnu. It's, it's, it's like, you know, you, you were a good citizen. Great. President's real happy to know that. Thanks. What does it have to do with what's for breakfast for him or what, you know, his life is about, really? What's on his mind? Oh, good. You're a good citizen. Excellent. Give him a badge. Okay. Citizen of the year. Great. You've been recognized. This doesn't bring us very close. This isn't, this isn't turn, turn God on, so to speak. This is what Rag Bhakti is about. This is what makes him tick. That's why Krishna is never asleep. Vishnu is always sleeping. Or half the time, at least. It's bored. <laughs> As a fact, that's what it means. And Krishna can't sleep. He goes and pretends to sleep, only to be more, more awake at, at night to meet with the 
the Brahmasundaris. So um, this is a very uh, kind of very very uh, special path, difficult to understand. How will we how will we get there? Sarva Dharman Pratyaja Mamikam Sharanam Braja. Dharma Projita Kaitavita. All this other business. Uh, we this is this, the idea is this is such a small thing. Hmm? Just begrudgingly writing the check, dutifully doing the Surya Namaskar or whatever, you know, this kind of thing. This is this is a very childish idea of religion. This is a religion where give me, give me, give me, and then we go to Gyanmarg. I said, well, if I can't have it, then okay, I'll stand in the corner. Nobody has it. There is nobody else. Something like that. So, bhakti is very different than that. Vaidhi hmm? bhakti and what to speak of rag, rag bhakti. Hmm? So it's spoken about this sharanag. This is the entry that you have this faith. Only Krishna. Krishna will be. Krishna maintains me. I'm not dependent upon any other god hmm? for my sustenance. I don't owe any obligation to them. I have no. I, I don't disrespect them in any way. I have great regard for them. But I'm not obliged to them. Krishna's protecting me. Krishna's maintaining me, I should say. This is the Surupalakshan, the primary characteristic of Sharanagdi, which means to take shelter. So it's taking shelter of someone. And that one is then the provider. This is the idea. This is the central piece. And Jiva Goswami says, without this, you cannot get Tadiyatva. You cannot start to develop this sense of, 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 to me, I mean, like dear, dearness, like I belong to him. This is what we want to culture. I belong to him. It starts out, he, he, he's mine, or excuse me, I'm his. I'm his. Tatuamasi. Thou art thine. We belong to him. Tatuamasi. So a belonging. We have a place. There's, uh, we have a family, something like that. This tariya, this without sharanagati, this cannot be be developed. And it's, if we if we go from there, as we turn to rod market, ends in praying with what this he's he I'm his turns into he is mine. That's a revolutionary kind of idea. I'm his, I'm his, he is mine. Turns into. How the possessiveness, the, the 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 dearness, and so forth. Hmm? Prayer is characterized by this minus. It's called minus. Hmm? Nothing belongs to us, but but he can belong to us. Then what will be left, what will be left for us to own? Hmm? If he's owned, this, this is Krishna means he's owned. You owned him. Hmm? They say, how did you see that? He owned Brahman, turned him into Krishna. Krishna means. Whatever you want, I'll do it. You want me as your mother, I'm, I'm your mother, or I'm your son, I should say. I'm your friend, I'm your lover. This is bhakti, the bhakti. That love, that prem, is one with Krishna, and different. But you cannot have that prem without Krishna. Krishna is the, is the form of the absolute that corresponds with that prem. Which comes first? You know, tell me, the seed or the tree, right? Prem... We, people say, all right, you say that God is the cause of the world. Who's the cause of God? Who caused God? 
It's a stupid question, really, because we know that the world needs a cause, but that doesn't mean that God needs, that the cause of the world needs a cause. Hmm? But anyway, people ask the question, but we can answer it. Who is the? Okay, so you say that the world, that uh, God's the cause of the world, and Krishna's God. Who's the cause of Krishna? Radha. Who's the cause of Radha? Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Prem is Radha Krishna tried to show himself as Narayan in Gita Govinda in the Vasant Rasalila in the springtime Rasalila that's described there it's mismentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrita Krishna tried to show four arms before Radha and he couldn't hmm? he couldn't what's the teaching that, that he corresponds with the Prem she's the cause of Krishna he can't Show forearms. Hmm? So she, she, her love corresponds with him. Hmm? So she's the cause of Krishna, and of course, Krishna is the cause of Radha. Hmm? Sugar is sweet, but it can't taste itself. So <coughs> to taste itself, hmm? that that Ladini Shakti comes outside. When Radha Krishna Shakyas. It's that these are moments in eternity. There's only a way of talking about it. When? Hmm? It's all in the eternal present. So this is, of course, a big part of Eastern way of thinking. No beginnings. Hmm? It's quite pleasant if you get used to it. But, uh, it's quite a burden to have to have a beginning to everything and to measure everything and so forth. Hmm? So, to go there... To that ideal, to that that kind of love requires this star and This is the entry point. That faith, so we're playing this out. What is faith? We had a calf born today at our ashram. Shraddha. What is the name of Sharanati? It's too long. So the two correspond. Shraddha and Sharanagati. Beautiful heifer. So And the central point of that, that Krishna is my maintainer, so I don't depend on... It means it's played out in Bhagavatam, where? In the Govardhan Leela, it's played out. We should talk about that tonight. And the Govardhan Leela, this is Sharnagati, it's played out. Indra was the god they were depending on. Krishna pushed him aside, and they all worshipped Govardhan Hill. Krishna showed himself as Govardhan Hill. I'm the maintainer. He established this in Braj for everybody. <coughs> hmm? He killed the demon here, there, the cowards saw it, but the elders didn't. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Boys will talk about so many things and tell so many stories, but with regard to the displacing of Indra, then this was visible to everybody. Every man, woman, child, creature, everyone. Hmm? In Vrindavan, hmm? and this is Braj, come to me. Hmm? She didn't much like that. Uh, he did in a poetic way. He said, "Braj means to go, but the sound of Braj conjures up in one's mind who's a godia, the meaning Braj Lila." So when Krishna said, "Sarva Dharma Pritya Jamami Kam Saranam Braja," he stopped. From then, Kurukshetra, his mind went to Braj, and he couldn't say anything else. That's it. Hmm? Come to me and Braj. This is the clarion call, the flute call of of Krishna. So, 
it's played out, as they say, in the Bhagavatam, and, and it's there, there in, in theory and, uh, and philosophically, theologically, and then in the context of the narrative, the Leela, in a big way, in Gorgon Leela, this Sharanagati is demonstrated. Two aspects, two or three aspects of it, but the main one being the central one, the primary characteristic. That Gupkritvevaranam uh, Tata, Krishna is my maintainer. Hmm? It means also that what? Um, that we think that our sustenance is derived from so many things and so our minds are in the world hmm? dependent. This uh, Gopritve is, it speaks about a kind of dependence. This is the mood behind it, dependence. We're dependent upon so many things for our existence. The mind is busy thinking about them or getting more of them or getting rid of some of them or whatever. Hmm? So, the Sharanagi, you can understand it. This is a growing thing. It's a culture. Anushilanam bhakti is a culture. So, this Shraddha is to be grown, this faith, and expressed as Sharanagati. It has, it's not something that happens in a day. Oh, I've got faith in Krishna. That's not, now I move on from here. Kind of these different stages, so to speak, are kind of a growing of that faith. There's a land of faith, as Sridharmash used to like to call it. Planets of faith. Such a tangible thing. Hmm? The end of doubt. A kind of knowing, automatic knowing. Hmm? Uh, faith is a kind of, kind of a, know, a, a knowing. It's the eradication of, of doubt. Doubt means, suspicion means suspension. Our, our animation is suspended hmm? by doubting. Intellect doubt is its function is to doubt in one sense. So to arrest the intellect. Hmm? And stop proceeding in a, in a, in a proceed with caution kind of a mode. Hmm? And, and like when you're at home, you don't do that. You just, you know, you're at home. Nothing to worry about. Hmm? When you go out where you are, where you're going to eat, you're carefully want to read the label, what's on it, I don't know. You're at home, just eat. Whoever cooks, you, your husband cooks for you, says, eat. Hmm? You've been working all day, dear. Eat. <laughs> he knows you love him, so he doesn't think, what did you put in it? Mm-hmm. So, in the home land of the heart, when we're led by the heart, then there's no, there's no, there's no thinking. This is called Gyan Shunya Bhakti. Bhakti unencumbered by thinking, by knowledge. Mm-hmm. This is, this is again where I said the other night, where the, where, where the, uh, self-sacrifice turns to self-forgetfulness, turns to self-forgetfulness. The object of love, worship, and the worshiper. The bridge between the two is is uh, the, the gap is bridged. Hmm? The worshiper becomes the worship, hmm? and the worship is one with God. You understand? You become a vessel of love. A vessel of romantic love, a vessel of, of friendly love. This is Lalita Saki, Subal Saka, a vessel of fraternal love, Jashoda. Hmm? And that vessel of love, as I've already explained, is one with Krishna. Hmm? This is how we become one with Krishna. And we bridge the gap between object of worship and worshiper. Hmm? And the worship. We become the worship means the worship is transformed into love. It's not a thought process. Time to worship God. Open the curtain, open his closet, 
There he is. Close his cloth. Let's get on with the rest of the day. It's not like that. It's all the time. And it's automatic. And the temple is in the heart. And we think there should be a temple in every heart. There should be a temple in every heart. This idea of Sharanagati, how we tie that with Ragmar, we're kind of talking about that. But there's a nice... It's the, it's, the, it's the very kind of life of bhakti. I'll tell you another idea in this regard then. We take, we'll go to Prahlad, such a great uh, saint Prahlad was. He gave us this Navalakshan bhakti. He said, his father asked, what's the best thing you've learned, right? He said, Sravanam, Kirtanam, Smaranam, Vishnu, Padasevanam, Archanam, Vandanam, Dasyam, Sakyam, Atmani, Vedanam. Ninefold processes of bhakti, hearing, chanting, meditating, so forth, archan, and so forth. Then he says, iti pumsarpito vishnu bhaktis chen navalakshana. These navalakshana, these five characteristics of of bhakti for vishnu, iti pumsarpito vishnu bhaktis chen navalakshana, kriti bhagavati adha tanmam yedittam uttamam. He uses a small word, adha, it means completely. Hmm? It means sharanagati. It means this is the this is the life. This is the fuel of of, of 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 the bhakti. It's fueled by this. Depending on nobody else is the basic idea, right? The the, the primary characteristic of of sharanagati hmm? gets us into bhakti to cultivate this idea. This is the life, as Bhaktivinoda theologized about the life force. Actually, Jiva Goswami said something similar. He said. The more one is Sharanagata, the more one is closer to Krishna. And I'll explain that. Without that, it's, it, 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 there's no tadiyatva. There's no dearness. There's no, there's no sense of nearness that, he, that I'm his. I belong. Some belonging. Hmm? That belonging has to grow. You know, and you anything, and it will come. It, it comes gradually. So he's saying anyway. Hear, chant, read, or whatever. You remember, do archan. Completely, it means with the spirit of Sharanagati. First, we do in one way to talk. First, do Sharanagati, then hear, then chant, or let. In other words, you have to be there. Hmm? You know, the more we hear about these things, the more we understand why bhakti is not working. Because <laughs> we don't understand it that well. Hmm? We need to understand what we're involved in. I mean, and then we can really apply ourselves. Then we can get those kind of results. Don't think those results aren't there. They're not possible. This isn't something that can charm the whole world. It can. But we ourselves are still charmed by the world to some extent. This is the problem. So how do... The Sharanagati is about changing that in terms of its primary characteristic. There's a nice statement that um, brings this out, I think, uh, of... Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And Sridhar used to like to say, this is the very, very, very life of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur's preaching. This little poem hmm, is, is, is the embodiment of his uh, teaching, his emphasis. This poem was written when Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur did a revolutionary thing. All the Gaudiya people... Saints, they were all living in the holy doms, doing bhajan, in the name oftentimes of Anurag Bhajan. But they were doing other things, and they weren't saints, some of them. 
And this was a problem. Bhakti Sanatsar in pursuit of Bhakti Thakur's idea, he opened a temple in Calcutta, of the Marble Temple it was known as. Nowadays, you know, there's marble temples everywhere. You don't think it's a big thing, but it was a big thing then. And they built a temple out of marbles, as they would say. It was a marbles temple. Hmm? <laughs> so they, he sent um, his... Um, his, uh, his, his, his students to Calcutta. He went there himself, Bhakti Siddhanta. He left the Dham to go to Calcutta. This was like, like going across the ocean, you know. It was like the land of Maya. And uh, uh, not a fit place for doing bhajan. Hmm? And he would say in response, well, I'm not a fit person for doing bhajan. Hmm? That is humility. But I like people that do bhajan. And I want to worship them. Hmm? I want to worship. I, don't, I want to worship with awe and reverence the ideal of Rag Bhakti. Hmm? And so he started this marble temple, right? And the devotees were going out and collecting money everywhere in Calcutta. Hmm? They were beggars, but they were spending money like even a rich man would not spend it. If a man is rich. He spends on whatever he wants, but he keeps a bank balance for sure. Hmm? He's careful also. That's how he remains rich. They were collecting so much money and every day they were broke. Hmm? <laughs> this is how rich can you be then? That you don't even, you don't even, you know, without thought, you empty your complete, uh, you know, uh, bank account every day and they were spending it on the marble temple. And people were thinking, you know, you could have opened a hospital, you could have, you know, done so many things with that. You're just building this. You're just throwing it at the deity. Hmm? That's And so, when the time came to take the deity from the rented house where the deity was staying into the marble temple with a procession, Bhakti Siddhanta wrote this poem. And the one line in it relevant to our discussion goes like this. Pujala Radha Pata Gauravabhande Matala Harijana Vishayarange It's a very complex little statement. So we try to unpack it a little bit because it 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 really speaks largely about this idea of how to how Sharanagati how, what what place it what place it has, what role it has. It's its central focus of dependence upon Krishna in 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 taking us to the Ragmarg hmm? in a vision of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsi Thakur and Bhakti Thakur. So Pujala Raga put the goat of Abhange. Pujala means worship. Uh, and goat of Abhange means that uh, Godava means with reverence. So he says, we will worship the Rag Marg with awe and reverence. And meantime, Vishayarange. Sometimes it's written Kirtanarange. Vishayarang. Vishaya means worldliness. Vishaya. So his his idea was, and they were to sing this song as they took the deities into the temple. His idea was that there are are worldly things in our heart, and this you cannot get away from. As much as there the world is in your heart, you cannot be close to Bhagwan. No matter how much philosophy you have, (laughs) how much you talk about Krishna's intimate leelas or whatever, as much as the world is in your heart, as much as you are not close 
to Krishna. There's no getting around that. This, you can't, you know, philosophize that that way. This is a this is a gap that has to be bridged. This is keeping us uh, some us at, at some distance. So they took the worldliness in their own hearts, and 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 they had some attraction for the world. So let's be honest, you have some attraction to the world. So go out and take the things of the world and then throw it at the deity. Just throw it at the deity. Hmm? Prabhupada was fond of that. Same idea. You know, he had the glorious, very beautiful deity worship. And there was nothing that... There was nothing... I, mean, I remember it used to be that we would go to Vrindavan during the Mayapur Vrindavan festival. This was a long time ago. In the 70s and so forth. And with Prabhupada and and temple presidents would have come from Chicago and uh, you know Atlanta and New York and San Francisco and Los Angeles, and they'd go into the, the Deloitte Bazaar, which is the bazaar that Prabhupada made famous and wealthy, <laughs> you, know, by, you know, just by sending us to stuff. Well, go to Deloitte Bazaar. Deloitte Bazaar, we, we thought that's where you go. You know, that's the only bazaar. That's the spiritual one or something. You know? <laughs> They were, and of course, they, they had a lot of things there for deities, deity shops and clothes and ornaments and their tilak and the beads and stuff. Loy actually means wool, I think. It's, it's a, it was a bazaar for selling uh, wool. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, these presents would go there, and it was like it's like this subtle competition, like how much are you going to spend, you know, on Krishna this year, you know, <laughs> you know. And then one would buy this, and one would buy that, and it was it was really. Quite, uh, quite charming, and there they were. They had the charm for you know because they felt yeah, you know. But then when Spadi was supposed to go away, that was supposed to go away by spending on the deity, and something else was supposed to come out. Hmm? So they would bring, I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars, ten thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars, to throw it at the deity in their temple and compete with the other temple, you know, subtly. And then, then there was the buying of the thrones in Bombay, you know, the having them made, and you know. The throne itself was, you know, I mean, it's, it's almost like filthy, the amount of money they're spending on this. You know, people would think, oh my God. But they're, what they're doing is they're spending on, wisely, on the implication is on, on giving up this uh, attraction. Hmm? Throw it at the deity and your heart will become decorated. Something like that. This is this is the idea. So he had him sing this. And, he, and his idea was that, that by worshipping the Ragma, we put the deity of Radha and Govinda there, we'll worship them like this. Like we, we say, the whole world should be bowing at the, at the feet of this Ragmarg thing. It's so, we can't go there. We, are not, we have things in our heart that keep us away. That's practical. But we'll worship it. Hmm? We'll celebrate it. We'll tell the world, this is where, every, this is where the real wealth is. Hmm? Chintamani dam, chintamani prakarasadma su kalpa vritra, lakshavriteshu, turavil avibhalayantam, lakshmi sahasra satasandrama sevyamano, govindamadi purusham tamaham majami. It's described like this. Chintamani, the land is the philosopher's stone. You can touch the, with the land, if you take a rock from there and touch it to iron, it will turn into gold. Think, Wow, let's go there. Kalpa hmm? Briksha, from the trees, you can get any, any wish fulfilled. You can, from the cow, calm down, anything will come out of the udder, whatever you want. Wish fulfilling cows, wish fulfilling trees, Lakshmi Sahasra, Sata Samrama. 
There is Lakshmi is there. Not one. <laughs> you understand? In Navaikuntha, how many Lakshmis are there? One Lakshmi. Hmm? And who Lakshmi? She gives wealth to everybody. Lakshmi Sahasra. Sambrama Sevimano. <laughs> there are millions of Lakshmis there. Millions of them. And all that, with what mood they're serving Bhagavan. It's different than, than in Vaikuntha. That one Lakshmi wanted to go there. You know the story. Oh, if I could go to there, then my life would be perfect. There's a way to go there. She didn't take the path. We're on the path. What is our good fortune? This is our wealth. What is the wealth of that place? The people there don't want anything. Amikichu China, Amikichu China. They don't want anything. It, so the less you want, if you, this, the more you get. This is a Zen idea. The more you get, hmm? want less. We want more. Isn't it? We want Krishna. Hmm? We want love of Krishna. And it means, means the whole world comes to serve that. Hmm? Everything is in Vrindavan. There's nothing lacking there. Hmm? You can go on to the center there. Whatever the circumference is being held by that, so so they this way they did they they threw the, they 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 collected money every day and they were broke every day and again they would go out and collect and building the marble temple and, and the people would sometimes ask them you know you're a beggar what do you need with money and then they would find out how they're spending it that would be even more bewildering and then they would they would preach to them these kind of ideas. So the idea was what? That Krishna is our maintainer. Hmm? We're going out, this, is, this was their madhukari. You know, madhukari, you go like a bee from one flower to the next. So in, in Navadvip or in Vrindavan, the Babajis would go out and do madhukari. They would go one house, get some, and beg, whatever they were to get in the day, they would eat that. Hmm? That's pretty renounced, right? I was with a godbrother of mine, in Vrindavan, he's a sannyasi, and he, he somebody suggested, why don't we go on a you know pilgrimage to this place, Tirtha place, of Krishna's pastimes? And this fellow said to me, "Oh, there's uh, Madhukari is really good over there." And I said, "You're not doing Madhukari. This is." In other words, he's thinking they butter the chapatis over there before they give them to you. <laughs> this is not. This is not the thinking. So see how how Bhakti Manod Paribar through the form the form of Bhakti Sadam Thakur and our Guru Maharaj, they took this idea of Madhukari to such an extreme. The dependent it means dependence upon Krishna. There you are, Sharanagati, and I'm depending on Krishna. I'll go out and beg whatever anybody gives. You know, I, I figure Krishna is giving me through these people because I'm a devotee of Krishna. So this is how it works, right? So they're going out all day long and begging so much money and spending every penny on the deity. Hmm? And thinking, we can, okay, as much as we get in a day, we throw at Krishna. And Krishna will maintain us. They were never thinking, we'll keep, we have to keep a little aside, you know, and that's going to be a mortgage. And, but anyway, they, they weren't... It's hard to be a Sharnagata over here, huh? <laughs> well, you know, you have to do it like this. We all have disposable income. We all have fun. This is the idea. Godi Vaishnavism has to become your fun. That's where you get your joy in spending your money. You have to maintain your family. A family person can be a Sharanagata. You have to maintain your family 
and 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 pay all the necessities, and then you have a little left over to do whatever you want with. Then what do you want to do? That's, that will tell you how much of a sharnagata you are. If you want to go to the temple and take the bus there, and that's all you've got <laughs> is a fifty cent piece, then you, know, you do that. If you want to help print a book, start a temple, Vaishnava Seva, and so forth, this should be the fun. This should be the fun money. Then, uh, then in that context, the householder is a sharanagata. For the for the monk, you know, then it will be be different. So. In this way they conducted themselves and the idea was that they were, in this context, they were taking all the world inside of their heart. They were becoming sharanagatas. They were embracing the sarup lakshan of sharanagati. Krishna, our dependence, we're, we're dependent on him alone. No one else. Once Prabhupada, I told Prabhupada, I, Prabhupada used to ask me sometimes when I'd go on a walk with him, he'd say, so, Tripramish, what are they saying? Because I was like always out with the people, you know, selling books and so forth. So I would get different arguments. So one of them I said to him, well, Prabhupada, they're saying that we're parasites because we simply go, we don't have jobs and we go and we depend on them. Hmm? And Prabhupada said, then tell them stop giving. And he said, but they can't. Hmm? Krishna is giving through them. They can't stop. Tell them to stop. <laughs> if they think we're dependent upon them, tell them stop. Hmm? Usually we still survive. Hmm? Someone will give. Krishna will give. That's the idea. Hmm? So, <laughs> So, uh, this way he said, he, he reasoned, Bhaktisiddhanta Sastri Thakur, that this Gaurava, this reverence and Pujala, this worship hmm, of the Ragmarg, Bange, that will be crossed, that will be broken. The reverence will be broken. As the world comes out of our heart, we come closer naturally to Bhagwan. If our pursuit of coming closer to Bhagwan involves the ideal of being so close to him hmm, that we feel not only he's I'm his, but he's mine. This is the Braj Prem. He's mine. He's ours. He's a Brajbasi. Hmm? Like us. He, you know, people say all kinds of things about him, but what he really is, yogis worship him, all kinds of people have these ideas. We know what he's really like. Hmm? We have to help him hold up that hill. Hmm? <laughs> right? These cowherds are there with their sticks. <laughs> so, when we have this ideal in mind, then as we take the world out of our heart in the context of pursuing that ideal, this God of Abhangi, this, this reverence will be broken. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthitaka used the word kirtanarangi, vishayarangi, same idea. He's a dynamic idea of kirtan and outreach. This is for your purification. <laughs> we go out to save everybody, right? But it's for your purification we're doing this, for ourselves. Go out, talk about Krishna. Listen to yourself talking about Krishna. Yeah, like, then you got to pay attention, right? Yeah. And somebody gives you a question you can't answer, then you go, oh, i got to answer that. And just read the book, find the answer. This is, this is the idea. This will keep you honest, he said. Don't just go and sit in the jungle in the name of Anurag Bhajan. Uh, no. Put yourself 
in a real dependent situation. Hmm? Whatever you collect in the day, you spend in that day for Krishna. I'm always broke, personally. <laughs> so I've already spent thousands of dollars that haven't come to me yet, so. <laughs> for Krishna, thousands of them. <laughs> so, um, this idea, some idea about how, about, about how this uh, Sharanagati, which is a limb of Vaidhi Marga, Bhaktivinoda has made it like a central piece of his lineage as a, as a kind of a transitional um, phase, not that you leave it behind, but you put it in place to enter the Ragmark. This, it, it is erected, if you will, the stage of Sharanagati in the heart when the devotee reaches ruchi. Ragmarg means ruchi. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, if, if, if you do Vaidhi Marg, you go through Shraddha, Sadhu Sangha, Nartanavritti, Bhajanakriya, Nartanavritti, Nishta, Ruchi, so forth. You do Ragmarg, you start at ruchi. That's what he said. It means Ragmarg starts at ruchi. Hmm? So we, we can do, we, we, we will do, we will say, oh, I am a jato ruchi rag bhakta. I'm a rag bhakta without any taste. It's kind of like, huh? That's like oxymoron. You don't have any, but, 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 Goswami has been very generous. He says, yes, that's all right. You attach, if you attach yourself to a person treading the rag marg, if that's where you become attracted, you hang on there, then you follow vaidhi marg and you, Integrate Ragmark as as much as possible. In other words, as much as it's realistic, and you're growing and going in that direction. Hmm? And then, without a taste, you're Rag Bhakta. It's a real generous idea. It's like Prakriti Bhakta. You know, he's a materialistic devotee. Huh? That doesn't fit. But Bhakti is very generous. So Ragmark is even more generous. But when you come to Ruchi, then you have then you're you're driven. Not by thinking. You have a kind of thinking. <laughs> but the thinking comes from the heart. You come up with all these thoughts that, uh, that will support your heart's ideal always. Nothing can get in the way. But you always have these arguments are always coming to answer the, any doubt, any money, any money. You don't have to kind of almost think about it. The heart is supporting that. Previous to that, the intellect is ruling and, 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 and keeping us in nishta from going in the wrong direction and so forth. So this rag, this ruchi then, this is real meaningful. Hmm? You get some attachment for bhakti. How did Chaitanya Mahaprabhu describe it? Nadanam, Najanam, Nasundarim, Kavitamba. It's not any attraction for the world, hmm? basically, he says. Hmm? This is the crossing point. He says, I offer my, I'm not interested in anything, these things. I offer my respects to the God of the world, Vishnu, Paramatma, goodbye. Hmm? And may the Pranishwar, the Ishwar of my heart, take his seat there. Hmm? Paramatma presides over the world, and the world means desires. Hmm? Taking all these things out, hmm? the Lord of my heart can take his seat there. And he says, then what? He says, I want to live in the house of Nanda Maharaj. He says, I want Nanda Maharaj, in the context of Mahaprabhu, 
sentiment as my father-in-law. The girl will go live in the father's house. I want Nanda Maharaj as my father. I'm on a Mary Krishna, he's saying. Hey, Nanda Tanuja. Such nice language. Nanda Tanuja. The, the bliss of, of, the, of the body of Nanda. The, 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 Nanda means bliss. The, 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 tanu means body. Who comes from Ja. Who's born from the body of bliss. Hmm? You know, that's giving a philosophical reading. But who the son of Nanda. This one. I want Nanda Maharaj as my father-in-law. Or if you want to go, go, go Pabhavi, say, I want Nanda Maharaj as my father. To show them I use my mother. This is the general idea. Hmm? Everyone thinks, Nanda's my father. Hmm? Your shoulder's my... You don't think like that. You, to, you think you see where you got... This is from Tadiyatva, some dearness, nearness, to, to cultivate this, to grow in it. Hmm? This, of course, this kind of thing that comes as we come to this stage of Ruchi. Before that, we have to, our prayers will be dainya, humility, part of sharanagati, culturing this, submissiveness, and so forth. Then comes longing. Hmm? First submissiveness, then longing. First deserve, then desire, something like that. Hmm? So, in this way, Bhaktivinotaku has made a, this sharanagati a central piece, so to speak, of his teaching and, and and he's called us to focus on it in light of pursuing our ideal in Braj Bhakti in a, in a realistic way that we may not go there only mentally and actually stay here and make a mess of the whole thing. Any question? Yes? In Chaitanya Bhagavad, I think it's Sri Bhastakura that was when the Lord Chaitanya came to and said not working, how are you supporting your family? And he replied that, well, I just clap my hands three times and it doesn't come and I'll drown myself in the, in the ganges. So in other words, I have total faith that whatever I need will come to me and I don't work. I just sit and wait, you know, I just do my darshan and, and it all comes. So that's, I guess, the example of a so for us, if we, you know, I guess we have to be in touch with just how much we have faith in that to be able to sit and depend on Krishna to sell what we need in that. That's the example, the um, tension between how much do we endeavor and how much do we just. Well, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also didn't allow some of his household devotees to to give their money away. He made sure that they they need some money. So there's a place for. I think that that what you're studying about Shiva Stalker is a is a kind of a. Emphasize the ideal, learning how to employ that relative to your situation, which is basically what you're what you're saying. The monk has to go and beg something. There's 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 a, there's a, there's a that's not outside of the context of being dependent upon the Krishna. Householder working is not outside of the context of being a Sharanagata. 
It's also said, God helps him who helps himself. I guess that's the question. <clears throat> if someone actually really had faith that I can just sit and do my bhajan and Krishna will provide everything, then just encourage that? Or do we, I, well, who will take care of your kids? Just do bhajan. Will they too? So... You have to take care of your family. Mm. What else? Yes? Uh, you gave us, uh, you know, the explanation of Bhakti uh, Siddhanta's worshipping the rod mark and in taking such a worshipful position of that he, he turned off what appeared to be direction that was given by prior acharyas as to that development of our advancement in spiritual life. Can you explain how he really didn't do that? By, I mean, before you were given this is who you are and all these details, and then he turned that off by taking this, this worshipful position. Well... Uh, it, it depends uh, what, uh, how you look at it, because actually, if you want to look at Bhaktivinoda, for example, as we've mentioned as the seventh Goswami, then we should look back to the Goswamis. What were they doing? Hmm? Did they open any temples? They did, didn't they? Big temples. Hmm? They weren't just sitting on, uh, you know, sometimes they're said to slip down a different tree every night, but somehow they were talking to kings and, uh, and again, this is like getting their patronage and so forth. They were writing books and, you know, they didn't just like close their eyes and hold a pen or something like that. They had to study and, 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 uh, and so many things. They went to, uh, Swami learned all the systems of philosophy and Benares and, and so forth. So they weren't just, uh, if you really look at the lives of the Goswamis, you're going to find, well, I don't know how much time they were just sitting under a tree here. There was a lot of other things they had to be doing and for, for all of this Gaudiya Vaishnavism to manifest the way it did. Hmm? So it's questionable then, if you look at it like that, how much of a difference Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsi Thakur's approach was from that of the Goswamis in comparison to, in comparison to what came after them and, and in many respects, from Bhaktivinoda's perspective, and that of Bhaktisiddhanta was kind of a deviation from the ideal, the cheapening of the thing. Initiate you, go to you go to your Paramhamsa now, you don't have to... I mean, you have to think of it like this. Like I said earlier, this Dharma Marg is hard to follow. So if you say, hey, I can just become a devotee, a bhakta, I don't have to follow this Dharma Marg, I just got to sit and chant, I don't have to do anything. So I'll get the Vaishnava initiation and... You know, maybe if I'm from a low caste, now I get the Vaishnava initiation and I can tell everybody, huh, I'm above all the castes. No problem. Hmm? And, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm above the Dharma, and so this is what I do. I just, uh, I'm a devotee. Meanwhile, you know, in the background, there are all kind of other things that you're doing that aren't part of bhakti, that aren't favorable to bhakti, and so forth. And so the tradition gets distorted like this. It is, it's not that you're going to tread the Paramhamsa Marg today doesn't mean that you became a Paramhamsa today either. Hmm? So I don't know how much the, the teachings about the Siddhanta Sarsitakura's approach is that much um, 
in contrast to really what the Goswamis were doing originally. Look at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what he did. He went everywhere, chanting, doing Namsan Kirtan. It's only the final part of his Leela he sat and did his uh, his bhajan. He came out of uh, from Srivasangam and took the Kirtan everywhere. He preached to people. I mean, you can't be doing that. You, you, these things don't go together. You know, you don't sit and do Anurag Bhajan and go, you know, out and travel and preach to Prakrasananda and, you know, Venkatabhatta and Sarvabhoma and so these kind of things. So he set that example. In the end, he came and sat and did his Bhajan. How much different is that from what Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsitakura is talking about? Hmm? Uh, I was kind of referring to the context of... Uh the guru giving specifics of your of yeah, okay. your raw. Okay. Well, Whereas Bhakti Siddhanta turned that vow off and worshipped. Well his his okay. His his policy on that was this, and this also can be traced back um, to uh, the uh, kind of foundation acharyas, if you will. He wrote a poem. You know his poem um Bhashnav K. Who, who, what, who is a Vaishnav? He's talking to his mind. What kind of Vaishnava are you? And in that poem he says, Kirtana Prabhave Smarana Sobhave. He said, How will we enter into the um, internal bhajan? Sobhav. How will we enter this? Kirtana Prabhave. By the force of Kirtan. So it's the same thing in that little poem I cited. Kirtana Range. Sometimes I said, Vishaya Lange, we'll take the world and put it into, into uh, throw it at the altar. Or, Kirtan Lange, we'll, we'll do Kirtan in a dynamic way, hmm, all over the world. And by the force of Kirtan, hmm, that smarnam, on our swabhav, on our nature, inner nature, that will come automatically. There's absolutely no uh, way that you can, you can find fault in that. Uh, philosophical position in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. No one can say that by the force of kirtan you cannot get that. <laughs> you have to you have to bow to that kirtan in Kali Yuga, especially. So, and it's practical. By the power of of kirtan, the mind will be arrested in a way. And especially if you take, and his idea was, let's take this kirtan and let's play out the meaning of it. Okay, here's your choice. I give you your beads. And and uh, you go to the jungle and chant uh, three lakhs of rounds a day and eat whatever comes your way. That's your choice. Hmm. And, or, and, and in the context of that, your mind is supposed to be controlled entirely and so forth. So that, Or, here's your task. You think how to, to explain Gaudiya Vaishnavism to the world. And establish it as a, as a credible teaching in the world, and use that as a method to control your your mind and and take the world out of your heart. I mean that latter is idea is very consuming. Hmm? It's giving some positive work. It's it's taxing to think. Now, just to sit here and talk to you, I have to text. You know, how, do, how am I going to? And the question, it's very absorbing, or if you're going to write about it and so forth. Compared to now, just go with your unbridled mind and chant. You don't have any attraction for the chanting. Your attraction is somewhere else. Hmm? So he said, this dynamic idea of kirtan, he coined the phrase, you know, the Brihat Madanga and so forth. 
This is all kirtan. This, the force of this, will automatically um, bring one to a position to smaranam, smaranasubhapi, to meditate on one's nature. It will bring, and if you do that kirtan, you find yourself hmm, remembering. It's like you're remembering something, like you, like you're going home, like you've never been there, but it's it's you. It's your fullest potential. It's like I'm remembering. It feels familiar. I'm close to myself. So this will actually happen by this. And Vishwanath Chakravarti says in his Ragvart Pachandrika that uh, that this one's inner identity it may be told by the guru or by a Sikshu guru, qualified Sikshu, or it may come in a context of one's spiritual practice as a realization. Hmm? That's what that's what's happening. As you, what 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 happens at, at Asakti? What Mahaprabhu says. That's what it's happening to him in sadhana bhakti as he enters into bhava bhakti. So Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur, he did he dismissed largely this idea of uh, the guru telling the Swarup and, and and you will worship like this and here's your beads and go there. And I mean I tell you, you can go to, you can go today, to this day. You can go to you can go to some places in in Vraj and you can go to one guy and he gives you your swarup. You go to the next one, he'll give you a different one. They're all supposed to have just come from Krishna, from his heart. You know, you can get ten different swarups in one day from ten different babas. That's a fact. And so he didn't like that idea. He didn't. He, he found he found this isn't working like this. And there's and there's reasonably that's not what the Goswamis were teaching either. They were building temples. They must have had students that were involved in that. What do you think? Who, who, who are the people that worship Radha Govinda? All these, you know, now they, 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 they the Jati Gosai and so forth. These were the disciples of the Goswamis. They engaged them all in deity worship in big, big, big temples built by kings and so forth. And then people, like Lee Prashad criticized Bhakti Siddhanta. What's all this big temple building? He's left the Ragmarg. <laughs> Go to Vrindavan and look at the Radha Govinda temple. It's huge. Hmm? It's bigger than any temple Pakistan's Sositakra ever built. Hmm? Radharaman Temple. So these are the work, this is the work of the Goswamis. How much different is that from what Bhaktisanantha is doing? Hmm? And how much success is there in Bhaktisanantha's mission that we're here at least talking about it today? <laughs> and, and, and have a room full of people interested in it. Hmm? So, yes. So Maharaj, you were talking about the demigod worship that that's not necessary. But um, nowadays in the modern circle in the world, um, kirtan circles, I mean, they're chanting Shiva and Durga and Saraswati primarily, and a little bit of Krishna. And several devotees told me, I was a devotee of Shiva, or I was a devotee of Jesus, and they led me to Krishna. So there's nothing wrong that eventually those demigods or Jesus, they're going to lead me because it's a gradual, they leave them, it's a gradual progression. I hope they're right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, kirtan, kirtan is a limb of bhakti. It's not a limb of yoga or jnana or any other path. It's a limb of bhakti. It's, it's, it, it's, it belongs to bhakti. It's so nice that other sects, with other distinct spiritual paths these days, have incorporated some kind of kirtan. But you can't find anywhere that Shiva says that just chant my name and and, and, and I'll be there. Hmm. 
No, he doesn't say that. Durga doesn't say that. Kali doesn't say that. Um, Krishna says that. Aham Vaikuntha, what is it? Tishtami, Yatra Gayanti Madhbhakta. Yogi Namhirai Huva, Yatra Gayanti Madhbhakta. I'm not in Vaikuntha, he says. I'm not in the hearts of the yogis. Wherever my devotees are chanting my name, that's where I'm present. These are the things that Krishna says. Krishna says in the Gita, he describes his devotees. He says, what? What does he say about them? Satatam kirtayanto maam. This is my devotee. Kirtan is for bhakti, number one. And kirtan is for Krishna, number two, in the context of that. Hmm? You, you will not find kirtan in other schools of bhakti, like Vish, Ramanuja Sampradaya and Vadva Sampradaya, like you will in Gaudi Sampradaya. And Krishna is not the central deity either. Hmm? It's not in Vaikuntha that, 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 that the Sankirtan is the, is the primary, you know, what's going on there. <laughs> we can we say that the flute of Krishna has appeared as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's, you know, Murdangam. We, we, this kirtan, we, when we, <laughs> we installed a deity, uh, for, uh, I was there with uh, Narasimha, she installed a deity in South India, and he, they, he invited some madhvas there, and they did this big puja, it took like all day long, it was really beautiful, colorful and so forth, and then we put the deity on the altar, you know, they, he wanted to involve the local, you know, brahmins and so forth, they're all from the madhva sampradaya, nice fighters, numbers. anyway, we put the deities on the altar, and then we did Damsan Kirtan, and they looked at us like we were from another planet. What's that? You, you jump up and down, you do like that. It's a different religion. Well, geez, yeah. hmm. So, uh, and, and the, 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 the kirtan, nam kirtan, with Krishna, nam kirtan, guna kirtan, lila kirtan, all types of kirtan. Hmm. You have any Shiva lila kirtans? <laughs> you know, no. This, this is for Krishna, and kirtan. You know, it's like it's 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 as shown by Mahaprabhu Sri Chaitanya. It's so relevant to Krishna, much more so than to to uh, Vishnu. Therefore, it's described like that. Kataganam natyam gamanam abhimamsi priyasaki. Kataganam natyam gamanam. The talking is singing there. Hmm? The walking is dancing there in Golok. And Jiva Goswami said, what must be the singing there then? What must be the dancing there? That place is alive. Hmm? Is, and this kirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it corresponds with that idea. Therefore, Narutam Thakur said what? He said, Goloker Premodhan Harinam Sankirtan. The dhan, the wealth of Goloka is coming in the Sankirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. These things correspond. So, this is this kirtan is particularly for Krishna. You don't find Vishnu saying things like this is the way that Krishna speaks about a kirtan. So, this point can be made. You can say it's nice. You know, people have, people borrowing from this tradition. It's overflowing. Why don't you just do bhakti? <laughs> this, is, this is the part they like most is the kirtan. So, why don't you just do it in this way for Krishna? He, he, this is the God who will accept it more. Hmm? Who likes it more? I mean, how much does Shiva like like Kirtan? He likes Krishna Kirtan a lot. That's a fact. Hmm? <laughs> Shiva does Krishna Kirtan. Krishna doesn't do Shiva Kirtan. So you know, these are common sense things. But you might want to 
I, I don't, I don't, uh, we should do Krishna Kirtan, and we should do Kirtan of Krishna under the auspices of, uh, of, of the school of Shuddha Bhakti. This would be good for us. A little discrimination is required for making progress. Hmm? Where I will do kirtan, what kind of kirtan? You have to think like this to make progress. So that doesn't sound like a, such a... Well, I mean, you can't... You can say, okay, well, they're, they're chanting the name of God, something, that's good. If they... Yeah, that's fine. I can go with that. Start somewhere. Hmm? Then you want to talk... It's so nice that you like to chant the name of God. Which name are you chanting? I'm chanting this name. What does it mean? Huh. If we chant this name, this is what it means. That's the thing you go, that's cool, huh? Very different ideas. And this is our idea of God in this way. Mahaprabhu put a lot of confidence in his uh, primary names of God. Nam Yes? How poisonous is that little bit of Krishna? Because we hear to hear Krishna's name through the mouths of you know, from somebody that's not properly connected. You're talking about hearing somebody who is not a devotee chanting the holy name yes, of Krishna. Yes, so these others, they're chanting a little Krishna, as she said. Well, it depends on you. Um, uh, and, and you have to evaluate that yourself. So you can go to a kirtan and, and, and chant Om Shivaya Namaha, Om Shivaya Namaha, and be completely absorbed in Krishna consciousness. Shiva's another name for Krishna. It means auspicious. And you can be thinking of Shiva as a devotee. Hmm? And so it's possible for, for powerful devotees to enter any kirtan and every name of every god is the name for Krishna. Hmm? That's possible. So if, if you enter it and it doesn't, you know, you have to judge by the results. Hmm? Yeah, so someone may have to exercise some, some discrimination and think, that's not going to help me remember Krishna. That's not going to bring me in that direction. Uh, this... Uh, Kinshina Krishnadas Babaji Maharaj, a disciple of a godbrother of Prabhupada, disciple of Bhaktisiddhanta Sachitaka Prabhupada. He used to go to the Sahajya Kirtans and do Kirtan with them. He would like to learn their melodies and, and then take them and use them and so forth because people liked those. You know, They were more musicians than, than he'd go to the professional chanters and sing with them and learn their melodies. And he didn't, you know, he got something out of it that would help others. As he saw it, you know. So it depends. Um, so there's some scope for some devotees may mix with those people with some preaching in mind and so forth, and some may not be able to. Hmm? So you have to be careful not to criticize those who have more power than you. Hmm? If you say you're going to get contaminated by that, well, you know, you have to see what's the fruit. Are you contaminated or are you not? <laughs> yeah. So. All right, I think we should stop there. Save your questions for this evening. We talked for quite some time. What time is it? Uh, 10 after 12. Okay. Jai Sri